Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Upeshaka Puta Kantara Dha Kantara Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So this uh, prayer this Krishna Pada Padme Parthana Srila Prabhupada, he's the author of this song, titled it very simply, A Prayer to the Lotus Feet of Krishna. This was composed by Srila Prabhupada on ship, on ship as he was approaching America for the first time. <clears throat> we don't usually think of Srila Prabhupada as a poet, we know him for his mostly for his book writing and his speaking. Although uh, his writing in the form of poetry what his first... Uh, his writing first caught the attention of his spiritual master, Srila Saraswati Thakur, who he writes about in this song. His writing first caught his Guru Maharaj's attention in the form of a poem, for which his Guru Maharaj called him Kobi, which means poet. Srila Prabhupada composed a poem which, uh, in glorification of Bhaktisthan Sasaratapa, in English, the poem was in English. And after the passing of Sasaratapa, he composed three poems that we know of in Bengali. One is fairly long, it's a, no, actually five poems, five poems. Two were on the occasion of Vyasa Pujas of Bhaktisthansasvatthakur. One was called Vaishya Shastrakam, and eight, a collection of eight, uh, eight, 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 specific qualities of Bhaktisiddhanta And then another one was Viraha Ashtakam. It's uh, eight prayers in, uh, of separation from Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvatthakur. Then he composed uh, quite a long prayer called Vrindavani Bhajan, which simply, well, Bhajan can mean either um, as we know it, means like a song, a song in Vrindavan, or it can also mean one's spiritual practices. So Srila Prabhupada described his spiritual practices when he was living in Vrindavan as a Vanakastha. Then the fourth extant prayer or poem of Srila Prabhupada, oh, oh there's also the Gita Gan, the verse, versification of Bhagavad Gita. As a major work of Srila Prabhupada in Bhagavad Gita in Bengali verse. Yeah, so this prayer which we just sung, uh, Srila Prabhupada composed this on the Jaladuta ship as he was just coming close to America. And it must have been a, a, a time of great emotion and hope for Srila Prabhupada. Poetry is generally composed in an emotional state, is it not? 
Prose may also be composed in an emotional state, but it can be simply analytical or uh, descriptive. Actually, emotions in everything. It's, 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 the, it's only the uh, hard-hearted materialists and impersonalists who try to ban emotion from existence. But particularly poetry is uh, it's an expression, it's a literary expression of emotion. That's why poetry, you can't, if you say someone has written a song or a poem, if it's a regular poem with a regular meter, then it can be sung also. Srila Prabhupada often uh, criticized the kind of poetry where one line is three words long and the next line three hundred words long, as he put it. And poetry should be regular, then it has a certain cadence or rhythm. Meter, meter should be there, yeah. And especially in Sanskrit, there are many strict rules of poetic composition. It's not simply emotion and you you splurge it out, but it, it should be according to a system also. So poetry uh, naturally uh, can be expressed in song, if it's actually poetry and not just some, some kind of emotional vomit. <laughs> Traditional art follows system and form. Modern art is deliberately unsystematic and chaotic. What was called modern art, and we have postmodern. After, after Picasso et al., everything just became complete madness, and that was considered good. Picasso was considered madman, literally. He's considered a great modern artist. And it's in Sanskrit literature, there may be sadness, but at the end, uh, everything is nice. They all lived happily ever after, or something like that. Just like we find in Ramayana, the, the real fun of the story begins when, when, it becomes, when things become disturbed. It's nice to hear of Ram in his boyhood pastimes. Everything's going on very nicely, when all of a sudden there's a there's a twist in the plot and Ram is all of a sudden banished. So that looks, it becomes uh, sad. But then Ram's very happy in the forest actually. A few adventures here and there. Then Sita is kidnapped and then it becomes desperate. And then he goes through the whole thing of finding Sita and attacking Ranga and killing Ravana, and then Ram says, uh, Sita, okay, I don't want you. Then again, uh, she's accepted back. And then again, Ram rejects her. So it's a very sad story. But underlying is all bliss. Ananda Chinmaya Rasa. There's no intrinsically sad. There's this in, in the Leela, 
of the Lord, there's, there's nothing which is intrinsically sad or bad. Whereas in modern art, just like I was saying, Picasso, it's just expressing despair, depression, or hopelessness, madness. So, uh, yeah, Krishna consciousness is always full of hope. So Srila Prabhupada is uh, in this prayer, which is uh, composed, it's a prayer to Lord Krishna, to the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. He is expressing his hope. The, uh, the greatest expressions of bhakti are those of those who are feeling hopeless, but just somewhere in their heart there is some hope that despite my uh, complete disqualification, Krishna will accept me. Yeah, you are quoting that. Rupa Goswami says that I, I'm just completely full of material desires. I, I, I've been simply following the bad orders of bad desires all my life. I'm not born in a good family. I'm not learning Rupa Goswami. So I no austerity, no good qualities whatsoever. But somewhere else, in my heart, I'm just, I have some little hope that despite all this, Krishna, you will accept me, and that's keeping me alive. So this is a uh, repeated theme you'll find in the Vaishnava poetry, which Srila uh, Prabhupada expresses here, feeling his hopelessness, in, or helplessness, in uh, being deputed to spread Krishna consciousness, but feeling hope that uh, it will be possible by the grace of his guru and by the grace of Krishna. So to appreciate, uh, yeah, Srila Prabhupada, have some insight into Srila Prabhupada's emotional mood, which he has expressed here, we can just imagine the whole, or, or bring to mind Srila Prabhupada's activities before this, before he composed this. So those activities are, even before coming to this world, Srila Prabhupada has his activities in the spiritual world with Krishna, which he refers to in this song. And he was sent to this world by Krishna, if we are to believe Srila Prabhupada, which I hope we all do. It's possible to be skeptical, but that won't help any of us in any way whatsoever. So Srila Prabhupada was sent to this world and... Uh, we all know the story of Srila Prabhupada being born in a Vaishnava family of no, not, nothing, uh, of no special distinction, in a pious family. His father was a great devotee, but not, not a simple householder, not, not of any, not of any repute. He was not a preacher or a teacher or anything. He was doing his own Bhakti at home. Srila Prabhupada uh, eventually became initiated by Sasura Thakur, Bhaktisiddhanta Sasura Thakur. He was one disciple among many. He certainly wasn't uh, any, anywhere near of uh, anything to do with the leadership of the preaching or the leadership in any way whatsoever. He was somewhat noted as a, as a good writer, good speaker, good 
Kirtania, like that. But serious devotee. But one among many. It seemed like that. But it's a long history how the Gorya Mat disintegrated. Or, yeah, it disintegrated. That's the exact word. It, it was integrated and it became disintegrated. And Srila Prabhupada, after uh, many years in householder life, took sannyas, which again wasn't, a, it wasn't a earth-shattering news at the time. He was an older scholarly Vaishnava, and he took sannyas. He wasn't considered... No, no one knew the significance of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, he knew. Sometimes he... Uh, expressed that, that Krishna sent me from the spiritual world and like this. Sometimes he would say that, that Krishna sent me just to, you know. And sometimes he would say that, well, I never knew this was all going to happen. So that might seem contradictory. It is. But... Uh, as in Krishna, all contradictions are possible, so with devotees also. Krishna, as Prabhupada describes in this song, is running and playing with the cows in Vrindavan. And he's not aware that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Simultaneously, he, how can he ever forget that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead? So he's aware and not aware at the same time. Understood that? <laughs> It's not understandable. <clears throat> so, uh, Prabhupada came to the world for this purpose. It was an impossible task. Nowadays we just think it's normal. At a Mayapur festival we meet devotees from all over the world and we just take it for granted. Although, uh, prior to Srila Prabhupada's going to the West, it was, it was unthinkable that there could be devotees all over the world. And even after Prabhupada came back, many people thought it was unthinkable. Prabhupada came back with many of his Western disciples, and many Indian people thought, well, it's not real. They're not real devotees. They're just, they won't stay long. It used to be that people would say to us, this is in the 1970s, that in India they'd say, you cannot be a Hindu. You have to be a born Hindu. You cannot be a converted Hindu. Some people would be angry. You can't, you shouldn't wear this color cloth. You shouldn't have this thread. And uh, so uh, they, they, like they just couldn't recognize that it was possible, even though the evidence was there right in front of their eyes. So Srila Prabhupada, he composed this prayer, coming to the West, uh, just at the advent of the mission which he came to this world for. Just prior to, just prior to the uh, mission for which he came. And he uh, prays to Krishna, although it's, uh, he addresses Krishna as Bhai, brother. So we see in this uh, prayer, it's called prayer, Pratana, but he addresses Krishna in a respectful way, praying for his mercy, and at the same time he's uh, addressing him as brother and offering Krishna a benediction. He opens the prayer by giving Krishna some advice. 
Krishna tava punna hobi bhai. Krishna, my brother Krishna, you can become pious or you can get punya. So punya here doesn't mean by which you can go to the heavenly planets. But it means you're you're good fortune. You can you can be fortunate. He's offering Krishna some advice. That you can get that punya, you can get that good fortune when Radharani is happy. Srila Prabhupada usually referred to Radha as Radharani. In Iskam we usually say Radharani, isn't it? It's not so common actually, and you see in the writings of the previous acharyas, even in India, the people they don't usually say it's not unknown by any means, but they don't usually say Radharani. They say Radha Shri Radharani So Prabhupada all thought of Radha as queen. Radha, Rani means queen. These are very intimate topics. When devotees ask Prabhupada what was his, or what is his position in Krishna, Srila Prabhupada emphatically refused to reveal it. And this song also, uh, it was written by Srila Prabhupada alone in his cabin on the ship. It, now it's printed and distributed, but it wasn't, it wasn't, from what we can understand, it wasn't written so much as a something meant for public distribution, as it's his personal prayer to Krishna. Just like we see Bhaktivinoda Thakur's prayers, they're, they're uh, instructive to us, but they're very personal prayers to Krishna. They are primarily his personal prayers to Krishna, and he shared them with us so that we can also benefit. So, Dhruva Ati Balito Matai, Dhruva. Well, you all know the word Dhruva. Dhruva means Dhruva Maharaj, right? Dhruva is the, what we call the pole star, means fixed. Fixed in one position. So Dhruva here means, here it's translated emphatically. Dhruva Ati, very emphatically, very firmly. We can say in English, very firmly I say to you, you will, Krishna, you will get your good fortune when Radha is pleased with you. So, so that is the refrain of the song. Then Srila Prabhupada opens the first verse by uh, describing his spiritual master, which is typical of Srila Prabhupada when he refers to his mission of preaching. He always gave... Uh, all credit to his spiritual master. He says, Sri Siddhanta Saraswati, Shachi Sutta Priyavati. Bhaktisthan Saraswati Thakur is very dear to Shachi Sutta, which means the son of Shachi, which means Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna Shaibai Jar Tulanai. There's no comparison. To, in serving Krishna, there's no comparison to him. Shri Shri Mohanta Guru Jagate Madde Uru Krishna Bhakti Dei Thai Thai. He is that great spiritual master within this world who delivers Krishna Bhakti in different places. Intense Krishna Bhakti. Yeah. What is that? He says. Yeah. Anyway, it comes like this kind of mind. It's a pranam mantra also. That, uh,
Tan Icha Balaban, his desire, Bhakti Siddhanta his desire is very strong. That in the Western world, in various places, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name will be preached. So, uh, yeah, Srila Prabhupada, very, he, uh, he was tuned in, or he was very much uh, aware of Srila Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur's desire that Krishna consciousness be preached in the Western world. When Srila Prabhupada first met Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur, at that time he was not a committed disciple, he was just a visitor. And usually when you meet someone, you'll introduce, yes, I'm from such and such a place, and this and that. But before any such thing was said, Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur said to him and his companion, that you are educated young men, you should preach Krishna consciousness in English throughout the world. Which is unusual, isn't it? <laughs> Someone just walks in here, they've, they've never been here before, never been among devotees before, and the first thing that, the first thing that anyone says to them is, you should, practice and you should surrender your life and preach Krishna consciousness all over the world. And they, just, they don't know what it is, what the mission is, what the teachings are, and immediately you should surrender everything and preach throughout the world. And there was no preaching going on throughout the world at the time. The Srila Prabhupada described that in his youth he was known as the leader among his group, among his friends. And he had a very strong personality. Clearly Srila Prabhupada was a very strong personality. So he became the natural leader. And uh, he was very intelligent also. His, uh, his mother wanted to send him for training in England to be a lawyer. Srila Prabhupada was, was expert in argumentation. So Srila Prabhupada, he said that he'd never been defeated, but whenever there was any discussion, what he said would always come out on top. He would always be he would be the winner every time. Bhaktisthan Sarasvataka was also a very strong personality. So when they met, there could have been a war. But Prabhupada admitted that he was defeated. He, he argued with Bhaktisthan Sarasvataka. He didn't just accept it, what he said. He argued with him. And Prabhupada recognized that he was defeated in argument. Because Prabhupada at that time was superficially uh, a follower of Mahatma Gandhi. So Prabhupada's reasoning seemed reasonable. And how can we preach this message all over the world when our country is a slave nation? First we should get independence and then we can get our dignity, restore our dignity, and then we can preach. Which seems like a very reasonable proposition. But Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur said that Krishna consciousness is so urgent you can't wait for any political adjustment. So Prabhupada said, he recognized, I was defeated, but I liked it. And uh, not, he didn't become resentful, but he became very grateful. And he accepted Sarasvatthakur as his guru, and he took his order very seriously. Uh, he received the order from Bhakti Siddhant Saraswati to preach Krishna consciousness in, in the Western world. 
Sometimes devotees come and they ask, you have any special instruction for them? Everyone has special instruction. Chanting Hare Krishna is not commonplace. It's special instruction for everyone. If someone thinks that I, I need some special instruction to, to go and preach to the aliens or something, something unusual, or, but further, one should be that much surrendered and, uh, and uh, ready to follow and qualified before asking. A person with a, or a devotee with a lax approach to Krishna consciousness is not the one who's going to preach all over the world and change the world. So, Bhaktisthan uh, Sarasar Thakur's desire was very strong that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission would be preached, his name would be preached in the Western world. The uh, Europeans spread out and made their empires all over the world. The British, the French, the Portuguese, the Dutch, the, even the Belgians had something, right? And the Italians, they had something even. They all had their, uh, they all had their overseas possessions. But uh, in India, some people saw the opportunity that, well, now there's a chance to preach to these people and give them this culture, our culture. Bhaktivinoda Thakur recognized in th that uh, the communion with the Western people, it doesn't have to be one way. And uh, his two most important books, although they're written in Bengali, they're actually meant for the uh, broader, the world community of, of thinking people. So, that's uh, Chaitanya Shikamrita and Jaiva Dharma. And Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur, he wanted that these books be translated and widely distributed in various languages throughout the world. He had, uh, Bhaktisthan Sarasvatthakur had a, a clear vision that now Krishna consciousness must go to the West. But it wasn't going to be just anyone who could fulfill that order. So Srila Prabhupada recognized that uh, that person was himself, the person to, to fulfill the desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all the Acharyas. Yesterday, the day before, we, we sang at uh, Shadagoshama Yashtaka. Two days ago. Did you get that right? Nana Shasya Vicharanaikani Lo Sadharma Samstapako Lokanam Hitakari No Tribhuvani Manyo Sharanyaka The six Goswamis, they were very expert in scrutinizing and studying all the revealed scriptures with the aim of establishing eternal religious principles for the benefit of all the people in all the universe. So that statement might be taken as some kind of uh, poetical expression. But the six Goswamis were writing their books, and you may wonder, why did they bother? You know, why did they go to so much trouble? Studying all, the, uh, studying all the scriptures and finding the key instructions, systematically compiling them in various books. And at the time, the, the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it wasn't a huge movement by any means, it was a few people. Or rather, there was no movement. There were some people who had been influenced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there was no systematic movement. But the books were meant for giving a specific shape and direction 
So there could be a movement. They were written with the uh, understanding that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings are not meant simply for Indians or Bengalis, but they're meant for everyone in all times and places. Srila Prabhupada, as the representative of all the Acharyas, came with his books to the Western world. Uh, he, for a long time, he had the idea to come to the West. But when he had uh, published three volumes of, of the first canto, tra translation of the first canto of Bhagavatam, then he thought he was ready to go. Uh, he felt that he. Well, actually, he said the whole philosophy is there in the first. Everything, his whole message is there in the first canto of Bhagavatam. And there was a. And he can just talk, but if you can give people the books, that's uh, very substantial. So Srila Prabhupada foresaw that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was made by the desire of Pakistan Sarsvartako would spread Prithivite Nagaradi Ashamudra Nadanadi Shokalei Lari Krishnanam that on the earth, in all, all the towns and the villages, from all the oceans and the rivers, everyone will take the name of Krishna. So this uh, obviously echoes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's famous prediction. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, uh, in all the towns and villages of the world, uh, my name will be preached. So Srila Prabhupada said, yes, uh, he's echoing that and saying, that that will come to be by the desire of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. He never said, well, now I'm coming, it's going to happen. Actually, that's the fact. But he saw himself as simply as a pawn uh, in the uh, mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Mm. So everyone will take the name of Krishna, or chant the holy name of Krishna. Taholi, then Anandahoi, then there will be happiness. Then there will be the, the whole world will be conquered. Victory in all directions. Just like uh, Yudhishthir Maharaj sent his brothers out in the four directions to conquer the world. So by Sankirtan there will be Paramvijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtan. There will be victory all over the world. Victory for the Sankirtan movement. Chaitanya Kripa Otishoy by the uh, Great mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Maya Dushto Joto Duki, all those who are miserable and and have fallen in Maya, Jogate in the universe, Shobai Shuki, they will all become happy. Vaishnava Icha Purnavai, then the desire of the Vaishnavas will be fulfilled. And this is the desire of the Vaishnavas. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarataka, our own Guru Srila Prabhupada, they came to this world, they had no need to come to this world for their own personal sake. But they came specifically for the benefit of the fallen, miserable souls in this world. And all their, uh, their, their whole mission is to uplift the fallen, conditioned souls. So, uh, Srila Prabhupada represents this as the mission of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in the next uh, 
few verses, he addresses his own role in that mission. Shikaj jekari bare agra jari dela mari. Joga nahi. It's a mistake. Joga nahi ami dimahina. Yes, that should be. He says that you gave me the order to fulfill, to do this task. But I am unqualified, I am very lowly and fallen. Therefore, I am begging for your mercy. And he says that you are the, uh, the wisest of all, or most experienced. It's sometimes a little difficult to translate because you know, words are used in the standard translation in, in, its, in different contexts and uh, that's a literal translation but then to maybe have to think about it a bit to find the, the uh, what other meaning could be there because the literal translation is maybe it doesn't fit so well. When Bhaktisthana said, the day will come when people will learn Bengali to read Chaitanya Charitamrita. So we say, well, it can be translated. And it is translated now. And all the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all his pastimes are there. But inevitably, uh, in translation, some of the subtleties and the, uh, the, uh, some of the flavor is not communicated. So, in the next verse, uh, Prabhupada is talking about his, what he feels to be his own disqualification, which is actually his qualification. If one thinks, if one thinks I have no qualification to serve, but I'm completely dependent on the mercy of Guru and Krishna to serve, then he becomes uh, qualified to serve. This doesn't mean that one should just, uh, as Prabhupada said, Arjuna, he didn't say to Krishna, that, that uh, oh, Krishna didn't say to Arjuna that you just sit on this chariot and I'll do everything. Arjuna had to try with his utmost capability and at the same time think, I am not doing anything, I cannot do anything, I'm simply dependent on Krishna's mercy. So Srila Prabhupada continues his prayer for empowerment. This is a popular word in the modern age, empowerment. Usually we hear about women's empowerment. Spiritual empowerment is possible when one is fully surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Which mercy comes through the uh, medium of the Guru. So Prabhupada prays further, Tomar She Shakti Pele Guru Shebai Boshtu Mile Jivan Shartok Jodi Hoy She She Sheva Pile Tahane Shuki Hone so, uh, yeah, this is a prayer to Krishna. Yeah, I see. Actually, I translated the previous verse that he was praying to his guru. Actually, he was praying to Krishna. Yeah, the whole prayer was a prayer to Krishna. Right? So, uh, praying to Krishna <coughs> that if, if we get or someone, a person who gets your mercy and by serving the Guru attains the actual purpose of life and if in that way one's life becomes successful, 
then by that service one becomes happy. Simple fact. And by good fortune one attains your association, Krishna's association. So Srila Prabhupada, as we find repeatedly in his teachings, very much he he links the, the attainment of Krishna's mercy. He he, he never separates it from attainments of, of, of the Guru's mercy. He always stresses that very strongly. And in this regard, Srila Prabhupada uh, quotes one prayer, which is featured in the Sriman Bhagavatam, a prayer of Prahlad Maharaj, who was offered various boons by Sri Narsimhadev. Uh, Prahlad prays as follows. Evang janam nepatitam prabhava hikupe Kama vikama mano yaf papatam prasangat Kritvat masat surashina bhagavan rihita So hung katang nivisrijetava prithisevam My dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, because of my association with material desires one after another, I was gradually falling into a blind well full of snakes, following the general populace. But your servant Narad Muni kindly accepted me as his disciple and instructed me how to achieve this transcendental position. Therefore, my first duty is to serve him. How could I leave his service? Yeah, so, uh, Prahlad Maharaj and Prabhupada, even though they're pure devotees, they think of themselves. I was fallen in material life, but my guru saved me. So uh, they, they don't want ever to forget that or to leave the service of their guru. Even though the service of the guru is non-different from the service of Krishna, but they, they want their service specifically defined as service to guru. Then Srila Prabhupada goes on to pray. Even though he's just prayed that how can I leave the service of my Guru, he goes on to pray to Krishna, to me more Chirashati. You are my eternal companion. He doesn't say, I am your eternal companion. You are my eternal companion. <laughs> to me, you. So he said, Prabhupada prayed, how can I leave the service of my Guru? Uh, then he prays that, Krishna, I'm eternally with you. So there's no contradiction. Tumi Marchira Shati Bhulia, forgetting this, Maya Lati Kayachi Janma Janmantari. Forgetting this, I am suffering the cakes of Maya birth after birth. Aji Puna Eshujo, if today uh, I again get the opportunity, Jodi Hoi Joga Jog, Tobe Pari Tuhi Tuhi Milibari, if today I can somehow contact you, then I'll be able to uh, rejoin you. Tomar Milane Bhai, Abar Shei Shuko Pai, Gocharane Guri Dinba, then if I meet my brother, if if I meet you, then again I will get that happiness of spending all day herding the cows. Koto bone chuta chuti, bone kai luta puti, shedin kove hovemo. In all the forests, uh, running and frolicking, 
rolling on the ground, when will that day be mine? Aji she shubidhane tomar sharana bhelo, boro asha dake lam tai. Today I had that opportunity, I remembered you in that way, and in great hope I called out to you. Ami tomar nitodas tai kari etawash, because I'm your eternal servant, therefore I desire in this way. Krishna uh, Prabhupada is sailing to the Western world, about to go among the savages of America, and uh, but he's thinking of Krishna. I want to join you, Krishna. There's one recording of Srila Prabhupada in 1966 saying to the few people he was speaking to uh, that actually I'm not happy here. I I like to be in Vrindavan. Actually, I'm not happy here. And one woman who says, yes, I know, I know, as if to comfort him. What can she know? <laughs> Actually, Prabhupada was stating this not as some kind of, uh, uh, int not specifically as an intimate realization that he wanted to share, but he was making a philosophical point. Srila Prabhupada said, then why am I here? I like to be in Vrindavan. Vrindavan is such a nice place. Why have I come to this horrible place? Prabhupada said, I've come here because my duty, I'm ordered by my spiritual master. And Prabhupada is making the point that when one accepts his... He was explaining Bhagavad Gita and explaining that Arjuna had accepted Krishna as his spiritual master. When you accept a spiritual master, you have to follow his instruction. Even if you don't like to, it's your duty to follow. Because in the modern age, it's mostly like negotiating with the disciples, like some kind of tug of war. What do you want to do? No, I won't do this. No, I need to No, no, I should do this. So Prabhupada explained that uh, uh, his desire is to be in Vrindavan, but he's ordered by his guru to preach in the Western world. So Srila Prabhupada, uh, he very kindly brought Vrindavan to the Western world. He brought Krishna, knowledge of Krishna, the process of bhakti yoga to the Western world. And uh, he concludes this poem by saying Tumi bina onnogatina apart from apart from you there is no other goal or aim addressing Krishna which is how many Vaishnavas they conclude songs <coughs> it's, a, it's a Vaishnava sentiment just like that, Naro Tava Dasakoi, Natale Horanga Pai, Tava Bene Kayachayama, refers to Radha and Krishna. That Naro Tava Das says, Naro Tava Dasakoi, Natale don't kick me away from your red feet, literally, uh, because who do I have but you? It's a rhetorical question. So here Srila Prabhupada. Uh, this poetry is an expression of his uh, surrender to love for and longing for Krishna. Some uh, insights into his uh, inner desires. From this we should not conclude that Prabhupada was only preaching in the West as a chore. Chaw means a, in Sanskrit it means a thief. 
but uh, it sure. But in English, it means an an unpleasant task which you do, which you do because you just have to do. Just like washing up the dishes after a meal, it's a chore. You don't like to do, it, but you have to do it. So Prabhupada didn't preach in the West just like a chore. He took the order of his guru as his life and soul, and uh, vowed to preach Krishna consciousness up to his last breath, which he did. In this way, he was very strongly connected with his guru, and in this way, he was very strongly connected with Krishna. That is the way to be connected. So, uh, any question about this, please? Maharaj, you like to say something about this? His Prabhupada is on the ocean, so... He was an ocean, bigger than the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean is only a little drop compared to the uh, bhakti, the, the uh, desires and the feelings of the pure devotees. So with our very limited perception, we can uh, touch a drop of the ocean of the pure devotees uh, transcendental feelings by through the medium that they've given us, which is their their writings and instructions. So I've touched a drop of a drop of a drop, and maybe Maharaj wants to touch another drop. You said it's sufficient. Yes. Uh, what what if uh, one person don't have the capacity to follow the order or not to follow the order properly. What if you don't have the capacity to follow the order of the spiritual master properly? Then don't become a disciple. Everyone has the capacity, intrinsically. Uh, but some people are strongly uh, influenced by previous uh, sanskaras or which means an impression, it can be a very deep impression. And it can, everyone can be purified, but for some people it seems to be a very difficult process to be purified. For instance, it seems very difficult for people who are severely mentally disturbed to follow the disciplined life of Krishna consciousness or even understand the basic teachings of Krishna Consciousness, what to speak of systematically surrendering their lives in uh, service. Yeah, there is some question there. When the Gaudi Sarasvati was at the height of its spreading Krishna Consciousness under Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati. The Gauriya Sarasvati Mat? No, that was founded by Bhakti Rakshak Sridhamas. Goryamat was Bhakti Saraswati. And then after that came so many. This mat, that mat, so many other maps. And they're still coming. When Saraswati Prabhupada was spreading it, he had 60,000 disciples. Really? <laughs> Where did you hear that? He had 60,000. Someone said it. Well, according to my research and I guess I'm, I, well, I don't think anyone's researched more than me. Uh, it was maximum four or five thousand. Probably not that many. Yes, you see, 60,000. People say so many things, and then it gets repeated, and 
Then it becomes six hundred thousand, and again. <laughs> give your give your source, S O U R C E. Give the pramana. Pramana is important. Someone said. So many people, so many times people ask questions. They said, "I heard." I never let anyone go further than that. Said, Where did you hear? I heard. Stop right there. Tell us. And then I heard some nonsense, and then they expect you to reply to it. What's where? Who said? First of all, they didn't have sixty thousand disciples. They had one disciple practically. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he had many disciples, but uh, one was outstanding and fulfilled his desire more than all the rest of them put together. Four to five thousand, even that is, it's, it's not possible to say exactly, but it uh, doesn't seem to be even that many. Anyway, what was your question? I thought it was 60,000 and Srila Prabhupada was the only one who fulfilled it. No, no, not 60,000. No. So, Hare Krishna, leg stretching time and then Arati.